0: Hi, I'm Elisa Pardini, the host of Destination Vacaville and president and CEO of Visit Vacaville. Our podcast introduces you to the people and places that make visiting our city such a unique travel experience. Join me in discovering all that Vacaville has to offer, like seasonal adventures, agricultural tourism, family activities, culinary delights, wine country, and more. Destination Vacaville, let's go. We have a very special episode of Destination Vacaville today. In honor of I Love Vacaville Week, we've partnered with some local nonprofit organizations to give back to the community. And today I'm joined by Dr. K.P. from the SPCA. Hello. Dr. K.P., can you please tell us uh, a little bit about the SPCA here in Solano County?
1: Yes, the SPCA is a 5013C nonprofit, It is uh, governed by a board of directors. They receive no funding at all, no government funding. They rely solely on donations from the public and adoption fees. It was created in 1974 and moved to the permanent location on Peabody Road in 1980.
0: And how long have you worked there?
1: I used to volunteer on my lunch hour when I worked over in Fairfield in private practice 20 years ago, doing spays and neuters for them during my lunch break. And I've been on staff with them for about 15 years. So my title is the shelter veterinarian.
0: And spades and neuters, are those the standard types of services? And are those just for the adopted animals coming out of the shelter or can residents also use those services should they have a
1: pet come from elsewhere? So at one point, we were able to offer spay-neuter services to the public, but we've no longer been able to do that. So right now, all the spaying and neutering is just for the animals that are looking for their forever homes. But we also do a lot of other things here. Many of our dogs have extensive veterinary stuff done because I've been a vet for 35 years. So we do dentals, we do entropion surgeries, we often fix fractures treat a lot of medical conditions and all of that is done behind the scenes before the animal is available for adoption. So sometimes they need an amputation, they need an eye removed, they need many different things. So a lot goes behind getting them ready for their forever homes and we don't do any kind of euthanasia for time or space once they get here. If they're adoptable then they're going to get out of here, you know, and be adopted. So we call ourselves an adoption guarantee shelter, not a no-kill shelter. Once in a while, an animal is dumped off here that is so aggressive that it can't be, you know, basically adopted out for the public safety. Or if somebody dumps an animal that's got end-stage kidney failure, cancer or something, and it's, you know, suffering, then obviously that one wouldn't be adopted out. But It's few and far between that we have problems like that. And most of the animals, once they are here, they get to go to a forever home, however long it takes.
0: I love that. I love the slogan too, matching pets with their people. Where are the animals coming from? Are they coming just from Solano County?
1: No, they are not. They come from all over. We partner with a lot of other high kill shelters Because we do have our own county run facility that takes in a lot of the spays and neuters and they are publicly funded, we end up taking owner surrenders. We take some strays from the community. We take also animals from high kill areas down south. Right now, our majority of our dogs come from Fresno, who is in a real crisis right now with their animal situation.
0: Nice. So you're able to provide that adoptability then for pets even
1: beyond our borders here. Right. Solano County has an amazing pet parent population. And so it's great. Not every community has a lot of real special people that adopt the dogs and do right by them. So we kind of have a lot of people, potential adopters. And so we're able to help other organizations and work with them to try to help all the dogs in California.
0: And Vacaville loves their pets. (laughs) We're very dog friendly here.
1: They do. We worked in a couple of hoarding cases over the years since I've been the vet. One of them was the 2015 100 small breed dogs from a breeder in Fresno. We called that sort of the Yorkie the Yorkie Shih Tzu hoarding case. And we were able to get all of them to Forever Homes. It took a very long time, but we were able to do that. We worked with a hundred Chihuahuas in Fairfield. And we've worked with a local group where somebody had Chihuahuas in their backyard and they ended up getting a hundred of them. And so we were able to go in with Humane Animal Services and you know, fix that problem and adopt out all those dogs. We ended up having to send about 10 of them to Oregon because we had sort of saturated the people wanting to adopt chihuahuas locally because there was a <laughs> lot of them. We also back in 2005 worked with the National Organization ASPCA and we took some animals during Hurricane Katrina. So we partnered with them and we actually housed them for a little bit and we were able to get some of those dogs all the way back across the United States to their owners. You know, oh, matching wow. dogs up. So, the way that natural disasters are handled now in animal shelters is much, much better than how it used to be. What they do now is they empty the shelters of what's there waiting to be adopted when there's a natural disaster, like a wildfire or a hurricane or something like that, so that the animals that are locally displaced have a place to be housed. So, the people looking for them. Can find them very close to where they live, if that makes sense. So that's kind of what is done now since we've had so many of these disasters recently.
0: How many people are on the staff? It sounds like there's a lot of work to be done, a lot of animals to care for.
1: We only have one veterinarian that's part-time, and that's myself. But it's kind of like a full-time job because I have another job where I work in private practice in Solano County as well. And then we have two part-time registered RVTs. And then we have about five people on the shelter medicine team. And then we have about 12 other employees besides our director. And that would be people that do paperwork and the kennels and the general care and maintenance of the animals. But one thing that we're really big here is we have an amazing volunteer group and they really help us keep things running. They give a lot of dogs enrichment because they walk them, they take them out, they do things with them and they help with overall, you know, keeping the shelter going and public outreach and those kind of things. So that's, they're phenomenal. And if someone's interested in becoming a volunteer, if you go on to our website, which is solanospca.com, you can find a drop down menu and link, you know, if you wanted to be a volunteer where you could send an email to our volunteer coordinator. So that's really helpful.
0: Yeah. And as part of I Love Vacaville Week, all of our proceeds on Friday, February 16th, will be going to your nonprofit as well. So Friday, February 16th, if you come into the Visit Vacaville Visitor Center in the Nut Tree Plaza and purchase anything from our retail store that will benefit the SPCA of Solano County, and we've got some fun stuff. We've got sweatshirts and t-shirts and hats. So you can rep Vacaville. Mugs, water bottles, keychain stickers. We even have locally sourced goods like balsamic vinegars and honey and hand soaps and lip balms that are all made locally. So definitely come in and check us out. We'd love to have you, and it all goes to a good cause. That's fantastic. And if someone wanted to follow you on social media, what are the accounts that they should be looking for?
1: Okay, our Website is www.solanospca.com and our Facebook is Solano SPCA and our Instagram is capital S-O-L-A-N-O and then capital S-P-C-A and our TikTok is Solano SPCA.
0: Do you ever allow residents from outside of Solano County to adopt from the facility as well?
1: Yes. We often get people from even out of state. We don't send our dogs out of state. We always want someone to come in, meet the dog, bring in the other dogs that live in the household to make sure the adoption's going to be solvent. But we've had somebody drive up from Palm Springs to adopt a dog. We've had somebody adopt a dog that lived a couple states over before that has come here because maybe they're visiting somebody. So yes, you do not have to be a Solano County resident to adopt one of our dogs. So that's a good thing. You can find our dogs on our Facebook page every Tuesday night. We kind of do a post where we release all of the new animals that are newly available. So you can come on to our Facebook page and see what's new, but you also, can go onto our website and see the adoptable animals through Pet Finder, and so all of those social media things really are great for getting the word out of who we have. We also did started a program called the Underdogs program, and we kind of you know thought of the idea from Subaru because in the month of I believe it's October, could be November, they always have those commercials with Subaru. You know, where they have the dog with the one eye missing or three legs or whatever. And it's always a big thing about telling people to look beyond, you know, the normal dogs because many of them are perfectly imperfect. And so if we have an underdog, it's lost a limb or something, we try to feature them. We try to explain the backstory to people and we do really well because we disclose all the information because. Sometimes it's very obvious. You can see on the outside what's happened to the dog, if they have scars or you know if they're missing an eye or whatever. But sometimes some of the problem for the underdogs is internal and you don't know that story. And so we're always trying to disclose everything so people know exactly what it is that they're adopting. And I think that helps us be successful and not have a lot of dogs returned because people were unaware of something.
0: Yeah, I love that. What are the adoption hours if somebody were going to drive over and want to look at the animals that you have at the shelter?
1: We're open Wednesday through Sunday. So we are here on the weekend and it's from 12 to 5. We have our last meet and greet at 4.30 because it takes a little while to do paperwork. Mondays were closed and Tuesdays, Is when a lot of stuff happens here behind the scenes. That's when we do all our surgeries and get animals ready and do things like that. So we're often here on Tuesdays, but we're not open to the public that day.
0: Are those the same hours for any like donations? Are there anything that you're asking for donations for?
1: We take all kinds of donations. We have an Amazon wish list on our website, but we also take. Old vehicles, and we've done that before, you know. So, like people want to donate their old car and stuff, and that's again also on our website. But we take a lot of things that people like to get rid of, like towels and blankets and sheets and old carriers. You know, if they don't have a pet anymore and they have carriers, and just anything that's pet related, and sometimes even cleaning supplies. Once in a while, we get old wash machines that still work. So any of those things can be dropped off when our gate is open, which generally is approximately 8 a.m. Small donation, they can leave it on the bins on the deck. But if it's a bigger donation, like some kind of an appliance or something, then we like them to bring it when we're open, which is between 12 and 5.
0: So you make it really easy. We try. I know that you have a fundraiser coming up.
1: Yes, we have the second annual Pause for a Cause dog walkathon on April 6th, 2024, from 9 to noon. And the info and sign up is on our website. The interesting thing is, you can participate with a dog or without a dog. You can participate individually or you can get a team. I have a team again, like I did last year. And my team, of course, is the underdogs. You can sign up to attend, or you can donate on the My Event website, which is www.myevent.com slash Solano SPCA Paws for a Cause. And participants receive a t-shirt and a swag bag, and dogs get a bandana and treats, and we're going to have dog contests, canine demonstrations, raffle vendors, businesses, and food trucks, and all funds raised go directly to the care of the animals at the shelter. And so we're trying to get a big event that people can participate with their pets. In the past, we used to have a barbecue, but after that was our main fundraiser, but after COVID, that became difficult to do. We just thought doing something like a lot of the other local shelters do, like up in SAC and stuff, would be great because then people can participate with their pets. And if they have an alumni, they get a special recognition bandana. So it's really fun to see a lot of our alumni come to the event. And it's located at Pena Adobe, that area. So it's really nice. Last year, it was very, very cold, but it was very successful.
0: That sounds like a good time. If I have a little bit of an underdog myself, I have a 16-year-old dog. How long is the walk? Just so I know.
1: (laughs) It's pretty short. It's a loop around the lagoon. So I want to say, I don't know exactly. I think that's about a mile or so. It's not super long. But you could also, there were some underdogs and older dogs that went in strollers last year or in slings.
0: Or wagons. Or wagons.
1: (laughs) We have that too. Yeah.
0: Nice. Um, And what about some of the other programs you guys run over at SPCI?
1: So we do run a monthly vaccine clinic that's low cost, that's very highly attended because people don't have to pay, you know, an office visit like they would going to a regular vet. And we run that once a month. We've been doing that for about five years. We also have one March 9th from two to four. So typically it's one Saturday a month you don't need an appointment, you just come in. Many times we will vaccinate, we kind of call it by cars. But but last last month, it was pouring down rain, and we helped 103 cars with animals in them in that short two hour period. So it's it's pretty nuts. (laughs) So we offer that. We've had for the last 10 years, a monthly pet loss support group. And so we have a official pet loss counselor that's been in the business for about 40 years that she mediates it. Before COVID, it used to be in person at the shelter. Now it's on Zoom and it's free. And it's the first Tuesday of the month from seven to 8.30 PM. And on our website or on our Facebook page, you can find the directions to join that. That's a really great service for people.
0: Yeah, I've never actually heard of that. Before that's that's a really special thing to do that I'm I'm surprised that more places don't offer that, but thank you for doing that.
1: Yeah, it's it's really good. And a lot of the people get support and validation just from knowing that even exists. Because many times we'll hear people say, you know, when I lost the pet, it made me feel as bad as when I lost my parent. You know, why do I feel like that? And one of the reasons is it's your daily routine. Most people don't live with their parents. They do live with their pet every day. And so the loss of the beloved pet is right up there with a death of your parent or something like that. We also have two newer programs. One of our amazing volunteers is a retired kindergarten teacher. And so about a year ago, I told her, wouldn't it be great if we had kids come in and read to the animals? And she took it and ran with it and started the program. And it's called the Reading Buddies Program. And so twice a month, by appointment, they come in and kids of all ages can read to the animals. And it's amazing to watch the program because a lot of times the dogs are barking and all crazy. And then the kids come in and start to read and the dogs are quiet and they listen. And it helps the kids because they get to read without having anyone correcting them and the dogs love it. They get some interaction. It gets more people, you know, involved with the SPCA. So our person that's in charge of that is Ann Novello, and she can be reached at annnovello13 at gmail.com or 707-718-3974. And she does allow special groups like scout troops and 4-H groups, if they want to come all together, she'll do special reading buddy stuff by appointment besides the program that's on Thursdays from 3 to 4.30. So there's that one.
0: How quickly would she fill up if someone were to
1: email her for a time? I can't answer that question because I'm not sure. (laughs) When we first started it, it was packed all the time. And now it's It's not that hard to get into it, but at first it was packed for like months. So she tries to get everyone in. She's really good about that. And then she also, after that, started the Rescue Writers Program. And so, again, the information's on the website, but once a month or by reservation and special sessions, they can come in, choose a dog who's been at the shelter for a while to highlight, and writing is done from the perspective of the dog. And so they give information about the dog and what the dog wishes for its forever family. And so if someone adopts one of the dogs that's had the rescue writers program, we usually try to give them the, you know, the writing blurb that the children have written because they're really cute.
0: I love that. What's the average age of a, a rescue writer?
1: We've had them as young as, you know, first grade to like seventh grade. So. In that range, but I'd say most of them are probably in that third and fourth grade level, but they'll take anybody. So, writing from the perspective of the dog is pretty cool.
0: It's so great that you have an educator on your staff now. I think she will fill up. We might have some visitors calling to book in advance.
1: (laughs) We have also run a couple other programs like No Father's Day, and basically, No Father's Day was where we took appointments and we neutered about a hundred cats for the public. And the first couple of times we did it, we had a generous donor just basically pay for the medications that it took to run the program. And so it was hundred percent free and it filled up really quick. We got some volunteer vets to help and we were able to do that, you know, on about a half day on a Saturday to try to help decrease the population. Programs like that are invaluable, but with the rising cost of just power and medications and everything just makes running programs like that when you're not funded pretty difficult.
0: So is that something you'd wanna bring back if you were able to have the donation base for it?
1: I think there's a real need for it. So I think that would be great. But again, everything comes down to, you know, doing the best just to keep your doors open under the current economic climate. So, you know, anything that's bonus programs is difficult.
0: Well, I feel like I learned so much. I'm very excited um, to get more involved with the SPCA here in Solano County. Your events sound amazing. Thank you so much for everything that you do and, and for joining us
1: today. Thank you.
0: Thank you so much for listening to Destination Backaville from Visit Bacaville, the city's official destination marketing organization. For more information on the people and places covered in today's episode and ideas for trip planning, head to visitbacaville.com. Music by Kurt Gellerstedt. And thank you to Florist Podcast Productions for their work on this and every episode of Destination Backville.